Hello everyone, I am Adam Catcher, the host of the Watford Opinions Podcast. I hope you are all having a great day. Before I dive into today's episode, I just wanted to say a huge thank you to everyone who has supported this podcast thus far. As the Watford Opinions brand continues to grow and the website is getting more readers, me adding this to the Watford Opinions portfolio, while still writing the full-length opinion pieces on watfordopinions.com, is of course a lot to juggle, but your support means everything. So, if this is your first time finding out about Watford Opinions, I urge you to visit the watfordopinions.com website and follow or subscribe to this podcast on your preferred listening platform. If you have come across Watford Opinions before, welcome back as always. Without further ado, I will take a deep look into Watford's latest transfer signing, Danny Rose, and discuss how he has the potential to be the perfect fit for Zisco's system. Danny Rose has just signed a two-year deal with the Hornets. He is a free agent signing, meaning that the only fee we will be paying are the wages over the course of those two years. He, is, he finishes his Tottenham contract on around £60,000 per week, which equates to around £3 million per year. So it remains to be seen what Watford will be paying him. It is safe to assume that uh, the Hornets will be paying him a bit less than that, considering Rose hasn't played football for quite a bit at the senior level. And of course, he's not in his prime. So I expect that that contract is a bit under the three million pounds per year as a reference. Sport track uh, seems to say that's where I get the the wages um spotrack.com. Adam Messina is currently on one, one and a half million pounds per year. So I expect Rose maybe to be more than that, just considering the caliber of a player that he is, but probably not the same three million pounds that he's currently getting at Tottenham Hotspur. But that remains to be seen. And nonetheless, considering it's a free transfer, this but before I dive into his career and the outlook he has at Watford, and that, that'll, be, that'll come in the second half of this podcast, his Watford outlook. Before I dive into all that, the thing that must be kept in mind is that this is a free transfer. So it is low risk, high reward. And of course, we still have Adam Messina. And the starting competition is going to be very interesting to see in the opening match against Aston Villa at Vicarage Road, as we have just learned next season's schedule. He'll be starting at left back. That remains up in the air. And there can be a good case made for either player. So Danny Rose, he started his career with the Leeds U18 setup, but the Spurs saw his progress as a youth player where he primarily played as a left midfielder, left winger type role, which I'll come back to later. So the Spurs signed him in 2007 for just under one million pounds. Of course, at that time, as he was a youngster, he wasn't expecting to break into the Spurs first team right away or anything, but it was clear that the Spurs thought very highly of him. And his first loan move, once he moved to Spurs and played with their youth setup a bit, was, in fact, to Vicarage Road. In 2009, he had his first loan move, um, first senior loan move, to Watford. And under Brendan Rodgers, Watford's manager at the time, Danny Rose made seven appearances. But unfortunately for Rose, who was wearing number 39 at the time, the, the main memory Watford fans have, and I'll admit, I was very young, and that was before my true supporting days started. That, that, that'll be another podcast that I do where I discuss my Watford supportership background because if I'm addressing the elephant in the room, yes, I'm American. Yes, I support Watford with many legitimate reasons. I'll get into that in another podcast. Don't worry. It's not, but, but it's not like I'm just an American who has randomly chose Watford. There's familial reasons and, and, and a lot more reasons as to why I'm a Watford supporter. And 
Sim simply stated, it's it's my parents' team. There, there's a lot more than that as well. So it's not like I've randomly supported Watford. But 2009, I'm, I'm not going to give away my age today at least, but I was very young and that was before my true hardcore supporting days. As in, that was before, well before my first Watford match. So I was too young to remember that, but based on what like family members have said and, and all that, a lot of what people remember and what I've seen on social media, a lot of what people remember is that own goal Danny Rose scored, I believe against Norwich City, which I've seen the videos of it. And he scored an own goal from outside the box, which was quite a remarkable finish. And it was a shame it was in the wrong net. But of course, Danny Rose's career since then has taken a lot better of turns and he's had very high highs in his career. And he might be coming off a low, but overall... That did not set the tone. It is not a good representation of Danny Rose's career. But of course, an event like that is hard to just erase from memory. So that that's uh, definitely something, though, to take note of, that he was at Vicarage Road before. So it'll be interesting to see once the season starts. I'm sure the club will do interviews with him to, to kind of just ask him, how has the training ground and Vicarage Road changed since the last time you were here? So that'll be interesting to definitely hear. But his first loan move at the senior level was to Watford. After, but he only made seven appearances. So he never really broke in. He was still a youngster, but it, Watford were willing to take the gamble. Spurs thought it would be the right thing for his development, and so the loan move happened. So Danny Rose, he also had loans to Peterborough, Bristol City, and then a Premier League loan to Sunderland in his career. And so Watford was one of his first four early loans. He did have a fifth loan, but that was in the 2019-20 season to Newcastle. But the first of his four loans during his younger years before he truly broke into the Spurs first team he was loaned to Watford Peterborough Bristol City and Sunderland and one thing that Spurs fans will probably forever remember it's probably something that's written in the Spurs folklore is Danny Rose's Tottenham Hotspur Premier League debut against Arsenal where in his first Premier League match Danny Rose scored the opening goal of the North London Derby in screaming fashion. I'm sure, even even if you're not a Spurs fan, as obviously I'm not a Spurs fan and I know of the goal, most football Premier League fans will know the goal where the ball crossed in from a corner, goes out, headed away, and then Danny Rose with an absolute thunderbolt of a volley from outside the box into the roof of the net. Nothing the keeper could do about it. It's, it's an absolute wonder goal. If you haven't seen it, just look up Danny Rose's debut goal. It is the most remarkable of goals. So, Spurs fans, even if Danny Rose didn't have the career he did at Spurs and was did not stay at Tottenham for that long, Spurs fans would have still always remembered him for that moment. But when he came back after his first couple of loans to Tottenham, he, he had that debut against Arsenal, and he did definitely get on the Spurs fans' lips, but he was still on the outside looking in. But in, at the end of the 2011-2012 season, he was loaned to Sutton. After breaking into the Spurs starting 11 a bit more at the end of that season, he was loaned to Sunderland because um, the manager at the time felt that even though he is good and is ready for Premier League football, he might not be the consistent starter for Spurs. So he was loaned to Sunderland for the 2012-13 season. And in 29 appearances in all competitions, he had one goal and one assist. But he'd, moved, he'd made the switch to left back long before this point. So, well, he was... He was actually a left mid and left back before this point, but he was starting to get comfortable as a left back by this point. So then after that successful season on loan in the Premier League to Sunderland, he was able to make his Spurs breakthrough in the 2013-14 campaign. 
in 31 appearances, Rose had two goals and four assists in all competitions, despite missing a handful of matches due to a foot injury. And just uh, j- just now, the, I'll just say his Premier League record in terms of appearances, goals, and assists is 194 appearances, nine goals, and 17 assists. And considering that he is primarily a left back, the goals and assists aren't that important, but the assist tally is still definitely noteworthy and something to touch upon later. 17 assists. He also won, and probably the most notable personal achievements of his career, as he was in the 2015-16 and the 2016-17 PFA Premier League Team of the Year. And what I find the most remarkable about this is, yes, Walford, we are signing the league's best left back in our first two seasons in the Premier League before this most recent relegation. So that in itself is kind of remarkable because 2015-16, 2016-17, yeah, those are definitely a few years ago and you don't always want to use that like, oh, four or five years ago isn't that long ago because using that philosophy for many players is a fraudulent philosophy to have. But Danny Rose, it's not as if he's old. He's only 30 years old. And again, that's not young. He's definitely bringing up the average age of the starting 11 or or the squad. We don't know if he's going to start yet. I I think he definitely has a decent chance to. It's not as if he was like a 29 or 30-year-old then and that he's like now at at like the end of his career. Even if he has just passed the peak of his career, he still has a few more years left in the tank. So it's not as if his Premier League Team of the Year entries were at a time where he was at the tail end of his career. He still has time left. So uh, I'm not saying that we should expect him to be Premier League Team of the Year quality for us, but he definitely has that quality. And it's not as if it's ancient when he was showing those qualities. And, And the other remarkable thing I find about this is that in 2016 and 17, as I said, he was in the Team of the Year. But that season, he only made 18 league appearances Two goals and three assists and 18 appearances for a left back is remarkable in terms of attacking numbers for a left back. But the fact he's only made 18 appearances, he was injured for the second half of that season and injured for the much of the following season, which is why some people say his career, his, well, his career did stutter from the end of 2016-17 season because he was injured. And then most of the 2017-18 season, he was injured. But for a left back, two goals and three assists and 18 appearances, that shows the attacking quality. He had him what he offered going forward, but that, of course, doesn't even take into consideration his well-roundedness and that he was, and he is a very good defender as well. Um, so th- as I said, in the 2017-18 season, he was mostly injured and questions ha- had to have been raised where it's like, even though Rose won healthy was arguably, and according to PFA, not arguably and just factually, the best left back in the league not too long ago, the, the injuries, you know, those can obviously change the players, the course of a player's career. But in the 2018-19 season, Danny Rose broke back in to the starting 11 after his injury problems, and he was pivotal for the Spurs' success in the 2018-19 season. As we will recall, the Spurs, Tottenham did make the Champions League final that season, and Danny Rose, he was a pivotal part in that run, he was a, a consistent starter for them in both domestic and international, comp- the domestic and continental competition. So the 2018-19 season, he wasn't in the PFA Premier League Team of the Year, but he was definitely one of the league's best left backs. And before I was talking about 2015-16 and 2016-17 Team of the Years, but 
the 2018-19 season, that is really recent. Like, that's not even reaching too far back. And then in the 2019-20 season, in the first half of the season, he, sp- he played 16 matches with Spurs, and then he was loaned to Newcastle in January and played 13 matches with them. And a- as many of us are aware, Tottenham had that uh, documentary on Amazon, I believe it was, and Danny Rose, there was definitely a lot of drama involving him. The Mourinho drama involving Danny Rose is no secret. That's definitely something I will touch upon later in the second half of this podcast after I, I discuss just Danny Rose's background and the situation he is in coming into Watford. That's why I think it's so important to give all this background because even though I could just jump right into what he's going to offer Watford, how he's going to make us better or 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 not, but where he's going to offer his best. The reason it's important to give you this background is to, it, obviously to know the type of player he is and to know the experience he has. But what I find so important about Danny Rose's career is that even when he's hit the stops, he's been able to recuperate and get form again. And that there's reasons for his current reputation by some people, but why there's still hope and still very good reason to believe why he could definitely shine for us. So that's why his background is so important. And that's why I also think that his recovery from injury from the end of the 2016-17 season and most of the 2017-18 season to go back to his pre-injury form in the 2018-19 season, that's going to be a huge thing and huge trait. The recovery trait, that mentality is something that he's going to need to show, which he definitely can as he's proven before, which is why I'm going through all this when he arrives at Vicarage Road if he wants to be a true difference maker, which I definitely can see happening but the Mourinho drama that that's widely known him and Rose and Mourinho definitely do not have a good relationship to say it lightly and then for the 2020-2021 season Rose was stripped of a squad number and dropped to the youth levels of course Mourinho was sacked by Spurs but by that point the January transfer window had already closed meaning he couldn't be put back into the Spurs team for the second half of the season Danny Rose did play with their youth ranks to stay in shape, but he was also a mentor for the youth players as well. So it's not as if he's been totally out of football, but this summer at preseason, a lot's going to be need to be evaluated. And, and whether he'll be ready the first match week or whether Messina is still going to have the upper hand come opening day just because Rose hasn't played a first team match in a while, that, that remains to be seen. That's definitely noteworthy. So it, so, yeah, that's it for Danny Rose's brief back- background, the rundown. And after this quick message, we will dive into how Rose can improve Watford, what he offers, while he fit Zisco's system really well, whether him or Messina is likely going to be the starter at left back going forward, and the other implications of this deal. We will be back after this quick break. Are you the owner of a business or product and want to have your brand discovered by hundreds upon thousands of readers and dozens of podcast listeners with the potential for those advertising numbers to continue to increase? Then look no further than Watford Opinions, now open to advertising deals and sponsorships. Email watfordopinions at gmail.com for all business inquiries. Whether you want your brand portrayed in articles, podcasts, or both, make sure to email watfordopinions at gmail.com to start fair negotiations. Once again, that is watfordopinions at gmail.com for all sponsorship inquiries. 
Welcome back to the second part of this episode of the Watford Opinions podcast about Danny Rose's signature for Watford. Now I will be talking about what he offers, and I will finish this podcast by addressing one of the bigger question marks surrounding Danny Rose, and that is his attitude. I will address that at the end. So keep that in mind when listening to all this. I'll first talk about his playing ta- style, his strengths, how he what, what he'll offer to Watford if at his best or even near his best, near his best that made him widely considered by many the best Premier League left back for a two-season span. So keep that in mind that I will get to the issue involving Danny Rose's attitude at the end of this podcast. So... The main part about this Danny Rose signing that I'm just going to flat out say I really like and think that Danny Rose offers us better than Adam Messina, I'll go out and say that, is Danny Rose's attacking acumen. As I mentioned earlier and said I'd come back to, Rose started his career as a left midfielder. So naturally, he's going to have a bit more of those attacking tendencies. And as we know, Zisco Munoz, He loves the wide play. He loves those overlapping runs. Most of Watford's attacking success last season, especially after the tactical switch to the 4-3-3, which is hopefully the formation we'll be going with in the Premier League, came down the wings, but more notably the right flank. And and firstly, to to, to address the obvious, a flank with Ismail Asar and Kiko Femenia is more threatening in the attack than a flank with Adam Messina and Ken Sema. Not to take away anything from Adam Messina and Ken Sema, both great footballers, of course, but Ismail Asar, especially on the right wing. I mean, he's pound for pound Watford's, I'd, I'd say pound for pound, and definitely just in terms of overall value, Watford's highest ranked player, to, to put it simply. So it's, it's hard and unfair to compare the left to the right when just considering the quality of right winger we have. But another reason for the success on the right in comparison to the left was Kiko Femenia's overlapping runs. Femenia knew when to get forward, knew when to cross the ball, and knew when to advance past Saar in the attacks to allow Saar to come in. And that's something we didn't see as much on the left. Whether that's due to Sema's playing style, that may be a bit as Sema did like to get to the byline where Saar was a bit more versatile in terms of cutting in or getting to the byline. But but the the other main issue, with which saw the right side getting a lot more attention and in the championship that's going to be fine but in the premier league we do need more balance so the so it is harder for the opposition to figure us out because in the championship a right side with the smile star just using that as much as possible it will work in the premier league that probably won't cut it but another reason for the left side kind of lacking in the overlapping going forward front in comparison to the right is just the type of defender adam messina is that is not to say he's a bad defender at all adam messina is a very talented left back and if we did have to start him at left back when the season started, I don't think there'd be any grave concerns. He's he's a very talented defender, and defensively, he's at least on par with Danny Rose, I'd say. He's also very good in the air, considering he is 6'2", in comparison to Danny Rose's 5'8". inches. So Messina, he is, a, he is a good defender, and there'd be no issue if the left back we bought in instead of Danny Rose, was someone who's a bit more of a backup. But Danny Rose, of course, is not going to come into with the intention of being a backup. He's going to want to compete for starting minutes, which he definitely should, and he definitely can win. But what Rose offers that Messina was more reluctant to do is those overlapping runs. Messina was less willing to get forward 
and, and the times Messina did get for it, his delivery and his crosses just weren't as pinpoint or as accurate or as consistent as Kiko Feminia's on the right were. Whereas Danny Rose, with Spurs, one of the ways he thrived and got those up high assist counts. And of course, as a left back, we can't just measure by the assists. He had plenty, plenty more occasions where he was the pass leading to the assist, the cross leading to an own goal or deflection. There were many more occasions where his delivery into the box than just those assists mentioned before led to goals. So Danny Rose going forward, he just offers a lot more. He knows when to make those runs forward, when to allow the winger to cut in because he's out wide. His, his delivery are very accurate. And that overlapping play, in some systems it's not called for. When your attacking identity isn't about the wing play, the left and right backs don't really need to commit forward that much. And I'm sure there are matches where Zisco isn't going to want the fullbacks to commit forward. And that's when starting Adam Messina, I'd say, probably will make more sense, uh, depending on how Rose does and vice versa. But so, so, so firstly, I'll say I wouldn't be surprised if there's a lot of rotation in the left back position. But if we are going under the assumption that Zisco Munoz is going to want to continue using his overlapping wide tactics in the attack, which I don't see any reason not to. Of course, with signing Imran Lutz in the midfield and with other signings, hopefully we'll be able to diversify the attack a bit more and not only rely on wing play as it felt we did at some times this season. Of course, we we're going to have a want to have a multi-talented attack. But there still is an attacking identity and that wide play will still be targeted inevitably as much as possible because if you master some sort of strengths and the other little center play, the, the midfield build-up play and midfield attack, center of the pitch attacks rather than the wide overlapping attacks, those will come naturally if the success out wide is there. But the attacking identity, even though it is hopefully going to be diversified, relies on going down the wings and bringing in Danny Rose offers a player who knows when to get forward. His footballing intelligence is, a lot of people say, beyond the, is, is, is remarkable. Spurs... I've spoken to a couple Spurs fans, and they say when Danny Rose was healthy, his football intelligence of knowing which passes to play when going forward, have it was amongst some of the best they've seen. So Danny Rose just going forward, I'd say defensively, him versus Messina is a tough choice, but going forward and with what Zisco wants, Danny Rose is the man. He has those deliveries. He has those overlapping runs. He knows exactly what to do. And especially if we do bring in another left winger or even if we don't, having a left back that we know is going to get those overlapping duties done and has played in systems like that before. Because it's not as if Danny Rose can get four, but he hasn't played in a system that likes to focus on wide play frequently. He has played in systems where he's been asked to go for it a lot. And it's not like he was doing that kind of off command from his manager. So he's been instructed to go for it before as an attacking-minded fullback, and that has worked really well. And now defensively, because I, I think uh, I've definitely addressed how he'll help Zisco's attacking philosophy and where he fits in there in the attack and something I'm very excited to see. He'll definitely, or hopefully, get a handful of assists for us and help the left side and be equal to the right side in terms of attacking threat. Defensively, that's where him and Messina are definitely a bit more evenly matched. Maybe Messina takes the cake. But, but uh, Rose... He, that one, one thing, as I mentioned before, is he's half a foot shorter than Messina. But one thing people often give Danny Rose credit for is his aggression. There were many points where he was the league's leading tackler in terms of successful tackles 
per match. He, he, he doesn't shy away from the tackle, and he's a very aggressive defender. Admittedly, that leads to one of his weaknesses where he sometimes does get dribbled by a bit easy due to that aggression. Because as you can imagine, when you're going to commit to a player, going for that challenge, if you have a pacey winger with a bit of skills that's going to flick the ball over you or use his pace and then turn, you're going to get beat if you're being aggressive. So like all players, Danny Rose isn't flawless. I've definitely been talking on his positives. It is not to say he is flawless. It is not, not even to say he doesn't have attacking weaknesses. But I'd say defensively, the aggression that in many scenarios is necessary also leads to a bit of being exposed, defending, depending on the winger he is coming up against. So there definitely are pros and cons to the Danny Rose signing, as there are for even the best of signings. Rodrigo DePaul, it seems like at the time of recording, he will be going to Atletico Madrid. It is not even as if Rodrigo DePaul is only pros with no cons. It's every player has some things that you're going to have to be nitpicky on. And now to address the the big main uh, con of the pros and cons of this Danny Rose signing is just the uncertainty involving it. As mentioned, Danny Rose hasn't played a first-team football match in a while as he spent the last season with the U23s. And the big question mark is his attitude. What type of player will Danny Rose be when he finally gets introduced into first-team football? That's an uncertainty, and that's a gamble. But before I get into the attitude again, it's important to remind um, you that this is a free transfer. We don't know how he's going to be, as we technically don't know how anyone is going to be when they come in. But on a free transfer, considering his history and considering his comeback capability the the free transfer is I, I think a great bit of business but the just to address it a lot of people do think and have questions about Danny Rose's mentality a lot of that was in fairness due to that Amazon documentary but even apart from that his mentality came into question but the one thing I'd urge people to consider in hoping that that mentality that we don't we don't even know the motives behind the mentality that people stereotype giving him that and, and that mentality if the, if you don't know is people often describe him as kind of arrogant and big-headed those were the words i've heard but if you um see what some of his uh i guess i'm not gonna see say youth teammates because obviously danny rose isn't a youth player but the players he helped mentor had to say about him once he left spurs they were nothing but praise and there's a lot of Spurs fans who thinks he has a great mentality, but the, the thing that must be noted when talking about his mentality is this whole issue of mentality only arose once Jose Mourinho came in, or, or primarily arose once Jose Mourinho came in. And as we all know, Jose Mourinho is not the typical happy Zisco-type manager. Jose Mourinho is very disciplinarian, very cutthroat, and for some players... That is just not a match. And Danny Rose definitely didn't take kindly to Jose Mourinho's management style, or it was the other way around. That's something not, we, it's hard to determine from an outside view whose fault it really was. But Mourinho and Rose didn't get along. But the, the documentary and just other factors, what Mourinho had to say, definitely gave Rose a bad rap and probably unfairly gave him a bad rap, considering what the players he mentored had to say about him, what Spurs fans had to say about him. Um, his success before Mourinho came in, I think it's uh, it's hard to imagine that he was doing really well once Mourinho came in. But as soon as Mourinho came in, he deserved to be dropped. Like that's just hard to accept. It's definitely 
something more than just Danny Rose's mentality. It's probably down to Mourinho. And that's what I'm honestly just going out to say. Danny Rose, there are questions about the the mentality. It's it's Again, it's a hard thing for an outsider to put his focus on because you really don't want to speak on other people's, like, uh, I guess, uh, me- mentality when it's uh, not yours. You don't know what's going through other people's minds. But when considering his mentality, it's I just have to assume a lot of the poor, the poor reputation that's gone towards Danny Rose from the mentality. It's probably, I'd say, Mourinho's fault just because of the type of manager Mourinho is acting kind of harshly towards Danny Rose. And when Danny Rose wanted to speak up, Mourinho would shoot him, would shoot down those like his would shoot down on Danny Rose's like desire to speak up and kind of discredit Danny Rose as a player and as a person. And obviously no one wants to be discredited like that. So Danny Rose felt definitely underappreciated when you're kind of scared of your manager or don't respect your manager. That's definitely going to affect how you play. But there's a, there's a case study that I think represents what I hope happens perfectly. When Mourinho was managing Manchester United, a lot of people, the vast majority of people, thought their left back, Luke Shaw, had a bad attitude, he had a bad mentality, and that he needed to go. He wasn't the right fit. But guess what? As soon as Mourinho left, once Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, a much more bright, happy, jubilant, maybe not to the extent Zisco is, but definitely a less cutthroat, strict manager came in, Luke Shaw thrived. And I think and assume that this is what will be the case for Danny Rose. When you're going from a strict Jose Mourinho manager, who a lot of players are probably terrified of, and Rose and Mourinho didn't have a lot of respect for each other, clearly, to Zisco Munoz, like one of the most, just, just like a super amazing human being, and from early indications, a master at man management, that's similar to what happened with Luke Shaw when he went from Jose Mourinho to Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Rose is going from Jose Mourinho to Zisco Munoz, two totally different types of players. And Luke Shaw under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has been one of the left, best left backs in the league. And so it was clear that Luke Shaw, even if his mentality was bad at the time, it really wasn't his fault and that there were other factors playing into it. So as, as we clearly saw with Luke Shaw, the problem probably lied a lot more with Mourinho than it did Rose. And it's just, I think this is the perfect chance for Rose to re-kickstart his career after the whole Mourinho saga and how poorly that unfolded. Because as before, after his injury at the end of 2016 and and throughout the 2017-18 season, he was able to make a comeback after being out of football for so long seamlessly. In 2018-19, he slotted in seamlessly. So he definitely has that bounce-back capability. And considering the manager he's coming to, Zisco Munoz, someone I truly think is going to prove to be, and already has proven in a sense, to be a master of man management, I think that's exactly what Danny Rose needs for I would say fix an attitude, but I definitely think that it's not Danny Rose's fault he's getting this reputation for someone who whose mentality might actually, in fact, be great. But I just think overall, this signing, especially on a free transfer, is, is a phenomenal signing. Rose definitely has what it takes to compete for those starting minutes and potentially even be the starter against Aston Villa on day one. He perfectly slots into Zisco's system defensively he's sound and he's experienced he knows what the Premier League is all about provides a leader of a figurehead 
And then, of course, I just think going from Mourinho to Zisco is going to be perfect. And then Rose will be able to bounce back and flourish, similar as what we saw with Luke Shaw with Manchester United, going to a different manager, a man-in-management type of manager, such as Zisco Munoz, is sometimes what players currently in Danny Rose's situation need. So I think this is a phenomenal signing. And yeah, thanks for listening. Come on, you Orns. And hopefully the Watford Opinions podcast will be back with more transfer done deal podcast soon. Thank you. And come on, you Orns.